You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Amen. Amen. Glory. We are celebrating our cultures today. Yes. And we are going to crown it with some cultural food. I like that. I hope somebody brought some frog legs. I want to eat some frog legs, please. Huh? You haven't made it. Huh? Hmm? I hope somebody brought some uh, snake stew. Uh, I want to eat that. Come on, guys. We need every culture in this church. We need every tribe in this church. We need every nation in this church. And we need every food as well. Glory, glory. You see, when you, when you talk about culture, culture em, uh, embodies so much. It embodies many different things, many different aspects. You can approach the, um, the subject of culture from any angle, from, or rather from many angles. There are many different angles we can approach it from. All right? So one of the things that comprises culture is food. Yes? So when you go to a particular place, and uh, we are being prepared, we are being prepared to become missionaries. Only three people say amen. No no problem. (laughs) Yeah. Because we've been called to make disciples of all nations. Is that not so? Yeah. So if you are going to disciple all nations, you either go to them or they come to you. But you must open your heart to every nation. You must open your heart to every tribe. You must open your heart to every people. Because Jesus died for every people. He died for every tribe and tongue. Hmm? So when you open yourself to a particular culture, you open yourself to many things that they, uh, they embody. For example, you open yourself up to their food. That's a very important aspect. There are some places when you go there and they give you food and you, if you don't eat it, they, take, they, feel, they feel so bad that you don't love them. Hmm? Like when you go to the Philippines, they give you balut. Huh? And when you eat balut, oh my goodness. You know, a fresh chick still in the egg. You understand? And then spiced. Come on. How many people want to be called to the Philippines? <laughs> yeah. So we are going to test to see whether you have a missionary stomach or not. Some of us have missionary stomachs. We can eat anything. And may God make you a missionary. Starting with your stomach. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're excited. I'm so excited. As we were worshiping, the Lord was speaking to me 
about certain things for next year. Can you imagine? He's talking to me now about next year. Sure. So, I'm excited about it because God is doing something. He's doing something. And, and, and uh, when we begin to honor him, even from our cultural standpoint, you know, it touches his heart. Because people, there are many people that live by cultural, um, by popular culture. It's like what the populace is doing. That's what, that's what they do. What the populace considers right, that's what they consider right. Huh? Some people even want to change the Bible to conform to popular culture. Yeah. And we as Christians must not allow that to happen. Let nothing change God's standard for your life. Let nothing change your conviction and your persuasion concerning the truth of God's word. Because we are living in a war. I'm telling you right now, this is a time of war. Whether you believe it or not, I'm just telling you, there is war going on right now. It's a war between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. It's a war between truth and lies. Okay? There is a war going on. So this war is, is fought. It's fought with truth. For us, we fight with truth. The enemy fights with lies. He uses lies to fight. So he wants to, he wants to attack you. He cannot attack you without selling a lie to you. He will sell a lie to you when you believe the lie. The moment you believe the lie, he begins to gain ground in your life. That's how he takes territories. He takes territories by selling lies. And that's why a lot of times people don't understand how the enemy is using the media to propagate lies. So that he can gain more territory. You see? So now, uh, many people, if they want to know the truth, they depend on the media. Am I correct? They find out, what is the media saying about this? And that's what they consider to be true. But they don't understand that the media is controlled by the prince of the power of the air. According to the Bible. So, media is being used to, to re-engineer culture. And to redefine truth. And that's why they can say to you that, oh, well, you say the Bible says this. They say, but the same Bible is what was used to colonize us. How many people have heard that before? Yeah, but the, the, the fact that the Bible was used wrongly does not mean that there's something wrong with the Bible. Yes? I know someone who, um, 
who, whose, whose children, two of his kids, died in a car crash yesterday. Does that mean cars are evil? Huh? No. It's not cars that are evil. It is those that drive the cars that disobey. Huh? If somebody, a drunk driver, drives into them, is, does that mean that the car is evil? No. The car is not evil. So the Bible cannot be evil. The fact that someone used the Bible wrongly, used it to oppress, does not mean that the Bible is wrong. Doesn't make the Bible evil. Otherwise, we must stop driving cars. Come on. In fact, we must stop using knives because some people use knives to kill. So don't make sure there's no knife in your kitchen. Because knives have been used to kill people. We can't, we, can't, we can't have that kind of mindset and we cannot allow the enemy to use his lies to manipulate us into believing that the truth of God's word is not true. And the truth of God's word is not true. Hmm? I saw a video this morning of Someone in the UK was saying that they were doing evangelism and it was Satanist evangelizing. Hello? Yeah, they are, they are saying the devil is good. They are going into the streets. They are going into the streets and they are saying that God is bad and Satan is good. And they are convincing some people. Now you would think, how can someone say that God is bad and Satan is good? They say, no, look at all the, all the earthquakes. These are acts of God. Look at all the disasters. These are acts of God. That's what they say. You see how wicked God is? That he's killing people with earthquakes and natural disasters. But Lucifer is trying to save the world. That's the gospel that is being preached in the streets of Europe now. Can you imagine? Hmm? When the Bible makes it clear, the thief comes not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life, and have it more abundantly. So it's not the fact that the insurance people say that natural disasters are an act of God does not mean it's the truth. Those are acts of Satan. They're acts of Satan. God doesn't take pleasure in the death of people. He doesn't. But now they've turned it around. And they're now trying to redefine things. Huh? They're introducing a new truth. Now truth is considered relative. You have your own truth. I have my own truth. Can you imagine such? How can truth be relative? 
That means if someone comes to steal your car and to, and to, to hijack you, uh, I mean, that is his own truth. His own truth is that that car belongs to him. And, 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 and you believe it's yours, but he, he has his own truth. You have your own truth. So his own truth, he uses it to take it. That means we shouldn't prosecute, uh, prosecute such people because they are only exercising their right to their own truth. How about that? <laughs> but you see, that's how the enemy has tactically come into our culture and is redefining things. Is redefining things. And some people listen to such things and they are even carried away by such nonsense. Children of God. Come on. You need to be grounded in the word of God. You need to know the truth because it's the truth that makes you free. Nobody has been set free by a lie. It's not possible. So it's a war that is going on. Every single day you wake up, there is a war going on. Lies are passing through your mind. When you, you know, either through people, through the media, or through your own thoughts. And if no one is talking to you, it can even come in your dream. There are lies that are being projected on a daily basis. So you need to know the truth. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, you need to be well grounded in the truth. So you're not deceived. Hmm? You're not deceived. So uh, our culture is under attack. All right? And when I say it's under attack, many times people think that the attack is, is got to do with the gospel. In other words, some people see that the gospel has come to attack their culture. How many people have heard that before? Yeah. One day I was, I was, I was um, sharing the gospel with one man at the petrol station in Polokwane. And as I was talking, he says, no, 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 no. You know what? That's how they came and used the Bible to take our land. I don't want to hear that. And I said, the fact that someone used the Bible wrongly does not mean that the Bible is at fault. Okay? doesn't mean that the Bible is at fault and you need Jesus. If you don't receive Jesus, you are going to hell. He says, I don't care. I say, it's because you don't know what hell is. Because some people have the impression that because all their friends will be in hell, they're going to have a big party. <laughs> yeah, some people have said that. He said, they said, no, 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 no. I mean, heaven is going to be boring. None of my friends will be there. Can you imagine such a statement? Because they believe a lie. The devil has sold them a lie to believe and to think that hell is going to be a long, protracted party. Hmm. Deception. 
Somebody say deception. And it's one of the signs of the last days when Jesus' disciples came to him to ask, what shall be the sign of the end? The sign of your coming. The end of the age. The first sign, he said to them, is be careful that no one deceives you. So the first sign that we are in the last days is deception. Matthew 24. He said it there. It's the first sign. Okay? So don't allow your culture to deceive you. Don't allow Satan to use your culture to deceive you. Don't allow popular culture to deceive you. Huh? Popular opinions. People have bought the fact that now, okay, you know, uh, you might be male, but, you know, it's okay if you have a feeling, if you feel that you are female, then, you know, don't fight that. Just, just accept that because we have progressed. Hmm? My goodness. What a way to live. So the enemy is tactically trying to redefine things. And sometimes we think that it is true. It's not true. It's not true. It's a lie. Glory, glory, glory. Now, if you have those kind of problems, just come, we'll pray for you, we'll help you. Don't feel bad about it. Okay? The church is for everybody. But we will not hold back the truth because of fear of offending anyone. Okay? I'm ready to offend you officially concerning any matter. If the scriptures offend you, you can come and meet me privately. Let me offend you properly. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So, culture, our culture is being redeemed by the gospel, it's God's word. That redeems our culture. We, Jesus is not only redeeming our souls. He's also out to redeem our cultures. He's out to bring the good in your culture. And to glorify himself through that. And then use the power of the truth. To stop the bad that the enemy has introduced. In your culture. Even during the time of Jesus on the earth, the enemy had introduced traditions that were contrary to the culture of the kingdom. Okay? And Jesus had to now begin to, to correct things. He began to introduce certain principles that are meant to correct popular culture of his time. And a good example is the, the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. You know the Beatitudes? You've heard of the Beatitudes? Yes? Matthew chapter 5. Let's, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 
Reading from verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You see, purity of heart is vital. He says if you want to see God, it's important for your heart to be pure. That means it is possible to see God. Many people believe that you, you cannot see God. But Jesus is saying, blessed are the pure in hearts, for they shall see God. And this is not seeing God just when you die. This is seeing God while you're still alive. Okay, I mean, they saw Jesus. Jesus was God in the flesh. Am I correct? He's God in the flesh. And many people have been seeing Jesus in our time, in our day. And some of you have seen Jesus. And many of you are going to see him. Amen? Amen. You will see him. And you will not die. You will see him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So purity of heart is one of the conditions for seeing God. How many people want to see God? Okay. Keep your hearts pure. Be careful who comes to take rent in your heart. Rent space. Rental space. Hmm? Sometimes unforgiveness comes and takes rental space. Sometimes bitterness comes and takes rental space. Come on. Sometimes um, uh, lust comes to take rental space. And different kinds of things. But we must not allow that. I'm not saying that you, you can't be tempted. But when you are tempted, don't just surrender. Don't just, don't just give up and say, oh, well, since I got tempted, I might as well just allow it. No. You don't allow it. You resist it. Resist the enemy. Okay? Some people allow fear to take rental space in their lives. Huh? One of the first group of people that will not enter into heaven is the fearful in the book of Revelation. Did you know that? Oh, you didn't? Okay, let me show you the scripture. Huh? Revelation. Come on. Let's go there. It says the unbelieving, the fearful, hmm? shall not inherit they will not enter. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Can you imagine that? Hmm? Rumbi, are you with me? Huh? My Bible is... Glory to God. Somebody say, help him, Lord. Help him, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, pray for me. Come on. Thank you. Hmm. Verse 7 of 21 says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly. Ha. Huh, I thought it was just a weakness. 
Huh? How many people want to go to heaven? Are you sure? <laughs> Glory to God. Let's read that in the King James. Hmm? Come on. Let's read it. One, two, three. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and warmongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Yo! <laughs> what about those white lies? Um. <laughs> yeah. So, why am I saying this? You need to refuse to give rental space Amen. to any fear in your heart. Okay? So pe some people say that it's fear of, fear of, um, of receiving Jesus. Or what kind of fear? The fearful. Period. Fear is not good. Fear and faith don't go together. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what happens? The enemy will introduce into our culture things that will create fear. Do you understand? He will introduce in our culture all these things. He will introduce them in different ways. Different flavors. Yeah, there are different flavors. It's not only your... Um, smoothies that have different flavors. Satan has his own smoothies with different flavors. Amen. Amen. So when he's introducing fear to you, he won't introduce it as. He will flavor it. So that it, hmm, this one is strawberry fear. <laughs> if you like strawberry, you know, so that's what he does. He studies humanity. He studies the word of God. And then he studies our culture. And then he finds a way to re-engineer things. Every now and again, he brings a new flavor. So uh, the way it looked during... 2,000 years ago is not the way it looks now, but it's the same spirit. It's the same sin, but it's flavored sin. Hmm? Abominations have been modified. Huh? Unbelief has been modified. Even murder has been modified. And he introduces these things into our culture. So we need to be smart. We need to be wise. Wise. So you don't just receive something because everybody believes it. You can believe what you want to believe. I heard of this guy that said he doesn't believe in gravity. <laughs> so whether you don't believe in gravity, or that is your cup of tea. Can you imagine? And he has a kind of logic to explain why he doesn't believe in gravity. 
And to him it makes sense. His own truth. His own truth is that gravity is not real. Say deception. Yeah. Why can't he just go climb a tree and then just try to walk on the air? He won't do that. Or jump out of a plane, or you know, and say, "I don't believe in gravity. I don't need a parachute." He will meet his maker. Hallelujah. So, what are we saying? Our culture. We need to learn to interpret culture. We need to learn to read culture. We need to learn to discern culture. So when you look, when you listen, don't just swallow everything that is said because it sounds like good grammar. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the ability to interpret what is going on around you. That's what being spiritual means. He says... He that is spiritual judges all things. So if you are spiritual, you will think and interpret things with the mind of the spirit. And I pray that God will give you that wisdom. Yeah. So Jesus introduces this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then, let's jump to verse 17. It says, Do, do not think I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill for assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle. Huh? Jot, tittle, that's the crossing of the T and the dotting of the I. Huh? Nothing is going to go unfulfilled. Yes? But whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men to do so, shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Can you see? So, when somebody comes, a theologian comes and starts teaching you and giving you excuses to break the commandments of God, he says they shall be called the least in the kingdom. That means even when they go into heaven, if they enter heaven, they'll be among the least. It's like if you've read Rick Joyner's book, Final Quest, you'll see... That there are some ministers he met in heaven who were so great. They were great preachers. Wrote lots of books. He was really inspired by their writings. And now he meets them in heaven and they are among the least. So the greatest men and women of God are not known. It's not those on the best selling um, list New York bestseller South African bestsellers are just you know 
so it's just so small. The, the market here is so small. 10,000 books is a bestseller. Can you imagine? 10,000. That's just like taking it to one church and selling to every member. Then it's, you are now a best-selling author. <laughs> but when you go to America and you say you are a best-selling author, it is, you are really a best-selling author. So even if you are a best-selling author globally, and what you are teaching encourages people dis to disobey God, it doesn't matter how many millions of copies you sell. In heaven, you'll be the least. That's if you get in. And those guys were saying to him, we're so grateful to God that we even entered heaven. We're grateful to be the least. They were happy that they made it. <laughs> so when you don't allow popular culture to, re to, to determine your conviction, and you base it on the word of God, your future is bright. Amen. Amen? Amen? There are things in popular culture that are good, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying that you need to be wise and not allow the opinions of men to determine what truth is. Thy word is truth. That's what Jesus said. Right? Okay. So, people... When we talk about culture, what are we talking about? Culture comprises of several things. For example, I said to you that food, okay? In every place you go to, part of one of the ways you know about that culture is their food. Am I correct? So in the kingdom, your food is also important. The culture of heaven is also determined by your diet. So, Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Huh? John chapter 4 verse 34. So, he's saying that uh, as kingdom citizens, our culture should be doing God's will. What you are eating, your, your food. Part of your diet should be God's will. Can you handle that? Yes, of course you can. You were created for that. That's your diet. God's will. So you must always seek to do the will of your father. Not the will of your friends. The will of your father. Amen. Come on. Amen. Not the will of your tradition. The will of your father. Amen. That's your kingdom culture. That's your kingdom culture. Your kingdom culture is to find out the will of God. Do it and finish it. So you don't just start, you finish. All right? And part of his will is for us to make disciples. Am I correct? So if we are truly, if we truly embrace the culture of heaven, you don't need to be stirred up to do it. You don't need someone to tell you, come on, come on. You need to do this. No, 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 no. It's part of your diet. Nobody tells you to eat. Huh? Yeah, I know some of you will have to convince you to eat because you are watching your height or something. You know? <laughs> but you have to eat. Amen. 
So as a kingdom citizen, you must eat. And you must eat. And your diet is his will. My meat, my food is to do the will of God and to finish it. And he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So part of your culture as a kingdom citizen is to feed upon the word of God. Read your Bible. Come on, touch someone. He's talking to you. Did you hear that? Read your Bible. Do you know that people died because of the Bible? People died for making the Bible available to us. I'm telling you. When, before, the common man didn't have the Bible. If you reach church history, it was only the priests. So the priests have the Bible, and then the priests will come and tell you whatever they want to tell you. And that's how come they introduced some doctrines that are not in the Bible. And people believed it. Why? Because they didn't have the Bible to read for themselves. That's why they were told about purgatory. Huh? They were told that if you, if you give so much, those of your, 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 your relatives that have died, if you give enough money, they will be taken out of purgatory to heaven. Where is that found? It's not in the Bible, but people still believe it today. It was introduced at the time that the Bible wasn't available to man. So as the kingdom citizen, you need to feed upon the word of God. Another aspect about culture is this. Not only food, your language. The language, the culture. You, you, want, to, you want to know a culture? You need to study the language. You need to understand the language. Why? If you understand the language, you understand the culture. Because in the language is the culture. Correct? Yeah. So in the kingdom, we have a language as well. Come on. We have a language in the kingdom. And that language is the language of the gospel. Hallelujah. In Genesis 11, they had one language. God came and confused their language. Yes? He came down and then introduced Zulu, introduced um, <laughs> Pedi, Venda, all those languages. Huh? He introduced all of that. Somebody actually said that Zulu was the first language that, <laughs> that they were speaking. In Adam and Eve, you should speak Zulu. Yeah, because Zulu means heaven, isn't it? <laughs> so it came from heaven. From <laughs> then from Zulu, he now introduced other languages. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, but, but on the day of Pentecost, what happens? God comes and brings all the languages together. 
What is this? These people are drunk. They say, no, 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 no. These are not, are, not, are not drunk as you suppose. This is what Joel prophesied. Hallelujah. This is the day he talked about. When God will bring the languages together. And this is the day of the kingdom of God on the earth. This is the inauguration of the kingdom of God and the church of God. Hallelujah. So in the, in, in the kingdom, our culture is the gospel. Our language is the gospel rather. Our language is the gospel. We speak the same language. The same language. You don't go anywhere. There are certain things we call ab absolute truths. They are not, they cannot change. Okay? There's no such thing as, well, you know, your own truth is different from mine. No, no, no. Absolute truth. Let me give you an absolute truth. There's no salvation in other name, any other name, except the name of Jesus. That's an absolute truth. Go to Japan. Go to Timbuktu. Huh? Go to Mauritius. Go to Siberia. It's a constant. It's absolute truth. That's how the gospel is. You don't modify it. If you have to go, if you go to, um, to, to, to Uganda and you have to adjust it, then it's not the gospel. It's something else. The gospel is relevant everywhere. Relevant everywhere. Same language. So whether you go to Congo or you go to Brazil, same gospel. So in the kingdom of God, the gospel is part of our culture. It's our language. Glory to God. Amen. So what else do you have concerning culture? Look at how beautiful you look. Huh? Your dress. So in the kingdom, we also have our dress code. Hallelujah. He says, clothe yourself with humility. Clothe yourself with humility. So when you dress up, make sure you put on your humility. If you're a kingdom citizen. Pride is a, is a dress code of hell. Is the dress code of, of, of the kingdom of darkness. But humility is a dress code of the kingdom. Clothe yourself with humility. For God resists the proud. But he gives grace. Grace to the humble. Come on. I believe strongly that we need to pay more attention to our kingdom culture. I know that we have to do that. So every day, I mean, you, you look at, you look at, I mean, look at this. Huh? Look at this dress. Huh? Can you see this? Beautiful. Come on. Look at this. Beautiful. So in the spirit as well, when we wear our humility, we look beautiful. Put on your garments of righteousness. Huh? 
That's also part of our dress code in the kingdom. Put on the garment of praise. That's part of our dress code. It's our culture. To praise God is part of our culture. Didn't you see how it was when we were praising God in different languages? So when we praise God, it's part of our kingdom culture. That's, that's how we dress up in the kingdom. You dress up with praise. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hmm? So how, how do you fight depression? With praise. With praise. So when you wake up, if you feel depressed, come on, put on the garment of praise. Wake up and tell yourself, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Praise in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. Praise him. Praise him. As a heavenly citizen, God is surprised when you don't praise him. God is surprised when you are not humble. It's like you are naked. Can you see you are naked? What, what, what happened to your humility? Put it on. Come on. Cover that. Cover that. You see? So when you don't dress well in the spirit, you are naked. Do you want to be naked? Imagine. You're exposing yourself. Don't. Be humble. Be humble. Don't you, don't, haven't you noticed how irritating it is when you see someone that is arrogant? Can you, can you, 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 have you observed how re, 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 repugnant they are? <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to be around them. Am I correct? Why? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different culture. So we want the culture of heaven. We want to dress up as heavenly citizens. How many citizens of heaven are here? Oh, yes. So put on your praise. Put on your humility. Come on, put on the garment of righteousness. Yes, white linen. That's what, you know, in Revelation, talks about that. So that's part of our heavenly culture. Amen? Have I said enough? Okay. Thank you so much. You see, some of you that say amen at the wrong time, you didn't know, you didn't know what I was going to say. I got you there. <laughs> Hallelujah. What else? In closing, I'll just say this. Another way you interpret a culture is by the values. By the values. We have values. Even as a church, we have values. I have value. We have five cardinal values as a church. Huh? Number one, lordship. The lordship of Christ is our core value. Core, core value. So that's why we emphasize the importance of obedience. We're not just saying Jesus is my savior. He is my lord and savior. 
Many people just want him to wash away their sins and keep them from hell, but they don't want him to be their Lord. Because if he's Lord, that means you have to obey him. And they don't want to be instructed. Hmm? Yes? <laughs> Glory to God. So, Lordship. What's the next one? Come on, every nation, every nation. What are your core values? Come on. Hmm? Hey, I think we need, to, we need to do a series on values now. Huh? Huh? Evangelism. Come on, guys. Huh? Evangelism is, a, is, a, is our core value. Yes? Discipleship is our core value. Hmm? Come on. Family. God bless you. Family is a core value. It's our core value. Leadership. God bless you. Who, who is that? Oh, my God. Okay, I owe you a present. A prize. Hallelujah. Yes, so we have values. Hallelujah. So when you go into a place, you want to read that culture. You want to discern that culture. Look at their food. Look at their dressing. Look at their values. Okay? Look at their values. Look at their language. Hmm? And then that will give you the ability to decode that culture. This generation has a culture. The culture, do you know that the, the youths have a different culture? They have their own culture. That's why they dress funny. You see, you see their jeans is dropping. Hey, what is this? <laughs> Put that thing up and stop. Show me your boxers. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Huh? <laughs> so there are good things about the culture. Let, look at their music. Music is part of how you know culture. Yeah? You, every, every culture has its own music. You go to a place, you want to understand that culture. Look at their music. It will help you to understand it. Hmm? That's why you come here, you find that our music is... It's just like a fruit salad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a combination of different things. We don't stick to just one. Why? We're every nation. We're every nation. So every culture is here. It's, we, we, we have it. Glory to God. Okay. I think I've said enough. Um... Let's stand up on our feet. Let's, let's thank God for our cultures. Come on. Why don't you appreciate him? Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bless your name. Bless your name. Let's thank him for our kingdom culture. Let our kingdom culture be superimposed over our natural cultures. My Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Come on, bless the Lord somebody. Bless the Lord somebody. Amen. 
Isn't it wonderful? You are a citizen of heaven and you are a citizen of the earth. You have dual citizenship. In heaven you have a culture. And on earth you have a culture. And we celebrate our cultures. We celebrate our diversity. We celebrate our diversity. God is a diverse God. Come on, let's appreciate him for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ask God to give you wisdom to discern cultures. Ask him to show you how to read cultures. There's no culture that is superior to the other. Do you understand? You might have a preference, but that doesn't mean that what you prefer is better. It's just your choice. It's just your preference. Every culture is good, but there are bad things in every culture. Thank you, Lord. Some of us need to open up to other cultures so that God can bring into our lives the blessings that are in another culture that also belong to you. So that doors can start opening for you. Doors can start opening for you. Lord, I pray for doors to open. I pray, oh Father, for opportunities, cross-cultural opportunities. Oh my God, for your people, cross-cultural breakthroughs, cross-cultural blessings, my Lord and my God. Thank you, Father. We appreciate you. I thank you for our heavenly culture. Help us to walk in our heavenly culture all the time. Help us never to forget who we are. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.